This is the Cafe Americaine podcast. I'm your intrepid host, Chris Michaels, for the week of, I don't know, August 6th-ish, August 7th-ish. It is an exciting week because all manners of crazy things are going to be coming to a head over the next two weeks. Uh, But let me tell you something, boys and girls. Don't ever, ever, ever make exceptions for fucking idiots. You know, it may be a good idea to make exceptions for some people during a situation, but God damn it, if they take advantage of you, like, <laughs> and they do not respect you in any sort of way because of a situation outside of your control, then you can... Bullshit. Bullshit. So many people, and I've been speaking to some of them, so many people have been going through some sort of issue basically because it's Mercury in retrograde, and also it's Uranus in retrograde. So all sort and, and eclipses and 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 full moons and new moons, all sorts of bullshit is going on right now, and everybody is a gigantic pain in the ass to one another. And all of a sudden, the idea that somebody doesn't have to make an exception for you when you make exceptions for them is horseshit. And if somebody doesn't have the understanding, then you, you fuck them. Honestly, fuck them. You know, so many people get upset because their brittle egos are bruised and they don't know what to do with themselves because they're holier than thou and they're pious. In, in all honesty, stop it. Just stop it. Grow up. Honestly, it's it's fucking bullshit. And I wish I could go into more detail, but I can't because there are some of them that are listening as we speak. And speaking of annoying people, uh, there is a new beer, and it's going to be out on the market. And this new beer, believe it or not, is made from, you'll never, ever believe this, there's a new beer that's coming out. It is from Poland. So, get this. How many people love vaginas out there this is going to be the beer for you in a laboratory in the city of poznan or however you say it there are two women and this beer is made by the order of yoni and yoni being the sanskrit word for vagina it but this beer has eight percent alcohol and it comes in two versions bottled lust and bottled passion and lust contains a subtle nutmeg aroma and is produced using Polina's vaginal bacteria. While passion is a classic light beer made from the essence of Monica's vagina. And Pamela, Paulina, not Pamela, Paulina and Monica, I would assume, are two ladies of the evening. Sputnik is reporting, once the beer containing the quintessence of femininity was introduced to the wider public on the brewery's social media accounts with a very hot advertising campaign involving Paulina and Monique, users from across the world were drawn to the Facebook page. You can go on there, uh, look up Order of the Yoni, and you can find beer bottles covering vajayjays. And, oh my gosh, people are worried about STDs. And let me tell you, they have already thought of that. They said they have gone through a very, very strict, strict 
screening process. And if they did have anything icky, it was screened out. Basically, what they're doing is they're using yeast from vaginas to make beer. Oh, boy. Can't wait to lather up and try some of that. And let me tell you something. Um, I have never, ever smelled a vagina that had the odor of nutmeg and the aftertaste of cherries with an oak finish. Never, ever. Uh, I have experienced fish, uh, particularly uh, raw fish, possibly shellfish. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but never, ever nutmeg. So if you are a beer connoisseur, like some of you are, uh, go out there and find Order of the Yoni and pick up a bottle of your vaginal beer. How about that? And furthermore, speaking about vaginas, the New York Times has decided to add someone to their tech blog or their tech uh, column, maybe. Uh, the newest editorial board member is a young female, a real go-getter by the name of Sarah Jong. J-E-O-N-G. And, well, the New York Times has been doing some fancy footwork, mainly because Sarah is an effing moron. She wrote things on her Twitter saying things like, when homeless people can't beat cops senseless and suffer nary a repercussion, let's then talk about accountability going both ways. Well, I can't really argue with that one. Uh, there's another one. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Cops will get you uh, for anything unless it's rape. Uh, cops were shit even before broken windows policing. Let me know. Blah, blah, blah. There were some other things that Miss Zhang decided to tweet mainly about black people. or Not black people. White people. White people. And men. Particularly white men. She goes, how can you kill all the men without a good vampy lipstick? Oh, very witty, Miss Zhang. And so there were other uh, tweets. I'm trying to desperately find them. And she also lambasted her current employer for hiring somebody by the name, you may know him if you're in the political circles, Thomas Friedman. Now, Friedman is a little uh, cuck, and he is basically in the shadow of his wife. And so Thomas Friedman says all the right things to make his wife's friends and subsequently all the money associated with his wife uh, very, very happy. So he's a columnist. He's very New York Timesy. Hooray for him. Zar Sarah Jong also said things like, uh, let's see, mm, quickly, I don't feel safe in a country that is led by someone who takes Thomas Friedman seriously. Uh, New York Times opinion equals thought catalog for baby boomers. You know what is good? That someone is finally suing the New York Times for libel after a bad day. Some people come home and kick the furniture. I get on the internet and make fun of the New York Times. Very, very witty. And New York Times was uh, forced to uh, basically do some fancy footwork because they hired this asshole and then... All of the hypocrisy came home to roost. So the New York Times was all about getting Roseanne fired because she compared, well, one woman to a character from Planet of the Apes. Maybe not the best thing to do. However, Sarah Jong can tweet things like, are white people genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling goblins, or dumbass fucking white people marking up the internet 
with their opinions like dogs pissing on fire hydrants. The New York Times, in its endless and boundless idiocy, has decided to respond to such criticism. She, they said, we hired Sarah because of the exceptional work she has done covering the internet and technology at a range of respected publications. Her journalism and the fact that she is a young Asian woman have made her a subject of frequent online harassment. Bullshit. For a period of time, she responded to that harassment by imitating the, re the rhetoric of the harassers. She sees now that this approach only served to feed the vitriol that we too often see on social media. She regrets it, and the Times does not condone it. We had candid conversations with Sarah as part blah, 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 so on and so forth. If you mean to tell me that the New York Times doesn't subscribe to this kind of mindset on a grand scale, I, you're full of shit. Of course they subscribe to this kind of mindset. And yes, I do take slight offense to this because I am a white male. And if you want to bash me, that's fine. But that means I get to bash you. I don't care if you're Asian, black, Jewish, Muslim. It doesn't matter. If I want to say something stupid and shoot my mouth off, I should be able to. And if you are a woman, Asian, black, whatever, go ahead, rip into me. I don't give a two shits about it. Because more than likely, whatever you're saying is probably going to make me laugh. Because I have a good sense of humor, and I'm a lovable fuzzball. The hypocrisy continues. There was a black conservative. Her name happens to be, if I can find it, quickly, Candace Owens. Candace Owens decided to take Sarah Jong's tweets and replace white people with... Well, other tweets and other ethnicities. Sarah Jong of the New York Times tweeted, White men are bullshit. No one cares about women. You can threaten anyone on the internet except cops. Well, Candace Owen decided to tweet her own. Basically, she took what Sarah said and reworded it. Candace Owen tweeted, Jewish people are bullshit. Like dogs pissing on fire hydrants. Hashtag cancel Jewish people. Are Jewish people genetically disposed, jeez, I can't say that word, to burn faster in the sun? And then she says the above statements are from New York Times editor Sarah Jong. I simply swapped out the word white for Jewish. And then she swaps out white people for black. Black people are only fit to live underground like groveling goblins. They have stopped breeding and will go extinct soon. I enjoy being cruel to old black women. The above statements are from New York Times editor Sarah Jong. I simply swapped out the word white for black. And guess what Twitter did? Twitter decided to ban Candace. Why? Because it's okay to bash white people, but it's not okay to bash people of color. It really should be okay to bash everybody. Because if you've got a public forum, and if you've got free speech, and you are voicing an opinion, no matter how fucking stupid it could be, then guess what? It should be able to go out there. I can go in there and make fun of all sorts of people, but I don't. However, I could, and I'd probably have a good time doing it because most of the people I'd be making fun of would be sitting right here with me ripping in. It's such nonsense, and it's such hypocrisy. It is absolutely ridiculous that certain people 
can't take an that they are so offended that we oh we can't say this can't say that nonsense nonsense anybody should be able to say anything and the next person that got banned i mean this person got hit hard hard by all of the uh, the technocrats that basically run the whole joint youtube has banned alex jones after itunes and facebook removes his content now alex jones if you don't know who he is, and if you uh, if you don't, you're living under a rock. He is he started up his whole thing, Prison Planet and whatever else, and it's a conspiratorial website about all sorts of well, oddly enough, conspiracies, mainly focusing on the United States. He started that up in 1999, so it's almost 20 years, almost two decades. He's been shooting his mouth off, and he's one of the original people in the United States that started to really raise the alarm. Alex Jones, however, is a firebrand. He will over he will step over the bounds. He will make you think the world is on fire and is coming to an end. And here the funny thing is, he doesn't go back and correct himself. So he'll make you think that the world is coming to an end. He'll make you think one story that really got me and really didn't make me like him that much was when he said that the Chinese like to eat babies. And that was a that was a PR stunt from some opposition firm in uh, in China that didn't like the Chinese government, and he ran with it, and he didn't he never corrected himself because the story was untrue. It was more yellow journalism, a la Cuba, uh, in the eighteen uh, late eighteen nineties, maybe I don't know, whatever the Spanish American War was. It, it more, it, it's just nonsense and over the top sensationalism. Uh, but anyway, it goes back to what we were talking about, where Alex Jones should be able to say whatever the hell he wants. This fat idiot can shoot his mouth off. He can rip his shirt off like he does in some of his shows. And it shouldn't matter. It should not matter. And there were news organizations that were lobbying iTunes and YouTube and everything else to get Alex Jones off of essentially the Internet. Most of those people were on the left, like CNN, and also, you know, Apple, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. They all did it within 12 hours of one another. So you're telling me this isn't a campaign uh, to silence this person? Of course it is. And it, we all know that Alex Jones is a diehard Trump fan. So he was in the tank for Donald Trump. He was promoting Donald Trump. And with the midterm elections coming up, I would have no doubt in my mind that this was a campaign to make sure one more voice for Donald Trump was silenced. And let me tell you something. It's I'm not one of those people that say vote for Donald Trump and vote for Republicans. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I don't believe that any of them have the right idea for you or for me. But if somebody wants to go out there and shoot their mouths off about all this, then God damn it, let them do it. Doesn't matter. If you don't believe it, then don't listen to it. That's one of the biggest things in radio and podcasting. If you don't like what you're listening to, then change the effing channel. You don't have to listen to it. So why get pissed off? You're an idiot if you get pissed off. You have a goddamn ego and you can't shut the hell up. So, speaking of elections. Now, before we go on, uh, going back to uh, just biased, biased behavior throughout social media and the mainstream media... Uh, Reuters has reported that Facebook 
is now one of the top donors to the Atlantic Council. The Atlantic Council is a warmongering think tank that coordinates efforts between the United States and NATO. And what they do is they recommend everything that they could possibly recommend to try and blow each other up, mainly blow up Russia and go after China. That is their big deal. That is their bread and butter. And don't you feel honored to host these individuals within the United States? Well, it turns out that Facebook has four total, uh, four individuals running the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Laboratory. And they're coordinating with these four individuals to make sure the dastardly Russians don't spend fifty to $100,000 to show up in point zero 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 four percent of all ads on your Facebook feed. If you even still look at Facebook, one of the leaders of this group, his name is Graham Brookie, and he spent, guess what? the last four years of the Obama administration as a former head of the National Security Council. Read as warmongering council. So the <laughs> so Facebook is trying to get ahead of the dastardly Russians and come up with ways to stymie any efforts to hijack the election as they did so many times in the past. Right. Right, of course they did. So do we honestly think that Facebook is going to be honorable? Do you think it's going to be a forum for debate on both sides of the issues? No, of course not. Russia is going to be the main enemy because of the Atlantic Council. Any sort of truth that would put Russia in a good light is going to be blocked and stymied. You're not going to see anything about that. You're looking at Facebook and Facebook is is literally molding molding what you view and molding your mind. There was another uh, story. I forgot what it was called, but let me quickly get to it. Uh, there was a thing called LifeLog. LifeLog was the Pentagon's version of Facebook. And what happened was a lot of people said, why is the Pentagon collecting all of this information on U.S. citizens? So within a week of the Pentagon's life log, otherwise, in other words, Facebook, within a week of this being destroyed and taken down, guess what is founded? And guess whose board of directors was were seated with Pentagon, CIA, uh, uh NSA officials, guess what company was founded within a week of LifeLog's destruction? Uh, you got it, Facebook. So Facebook is not, is not some, oh, we were just a bunch of college kids and we started it up in our uh, room because we were bored and we, no, no. You're telling me that some college kid is able to come up with all of this, with Facebook, and no, 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 no. This is backed by the government. It is seated with government officials. And if you look at Zuckerberg, when, he, when they cart him out there, he looks like a stuttering moron. He's worse than me. 
and he doesn't have it. He looks like a he, he looks like a deer caught in headlights. He just sits there, oh, uh, slack jawed, and trying to come up with an answer with a smarmy face on as he sips water like a moron. And he, yeah, yeah, another thing, get a suit that fits and stop wearing t-shirts. I know you're a billionaire, but god damn it, get some other wardrobe. You 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 look like an idiot. So. This is another interesting story. Noam Chomsky. Now, Noam Chomsky is, is a fairly well-known figure on the left. And I have read some of his stuff. I like a lot of his things. But he doesn't go far enough. And he still buys a lot of mainstream uh, media stories. So that's my big beef with him. Noam Chomsky. Much to the dismay and chagrin of the Democrats, let the cat out of the bag in a big, big way. He said, if you're interested in foreign interference in our elections, whatever the Russians may have done barely counts or weighs in the balance as compared with what another state does openly, brazenly, and with enormous support. He said Israeli intervention in U.S. elections vastly overwhelms anything the Russians may have done. The prime minister of Israel, Netanyahu, this fat matzah-sucking moron, goes directly to Congress without even informing President Obama and speaks to Congress with overwhelming applause to try to undermine the president's policies. What happened with Obama and Netanyahu in 2015? Did Putin come to give an address to the joint sessions of Congress trying to call on them to reverse U.S. policy without even informing the president? No. No. He did not. He didn't at all. Because they probably would not have let Putin in. Do you understand what's going on here? Noam Chomsky let the cat out of the bag. He said, enough with the nonsense with Russia— it's a false narrative. It's fake. Even if they did meddle in the elections in some minuscule way, it was a rounding error. And I've got news for you. There's no such thing as hacking an election. The, the American system of, of electing somebody is so decentralized, they would have to hack into Every single voting machine in every single county in the United States. They don't have the resources for that. Maybe the United States does. But Russia? No. Russia does not have the resources for that. Russia did not hack the election. It's all nonsense. It never went anywhere. Even Peter Stroke of the FBI said, there's no there there. Meaning that... Hey, there's no—we're going to run with this? I don't want—I don't want to be stuck with this because there's nothing there to look at. Nothing. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And Noam Chomsky is finally saying, hey, wait a minute. You guys have got to get your heads out of your asses with this. You really, really do. Because this is going too far. You are on the precipice of a nuclear war. 
with Russia and a nuclear war with China. This is beyond reprehensible with what you're doing. It's not good. It's not good at all. And so a lot of people are going to have to come to grips with that and come to terms with the notion that they have been fooled. But the problem is, is that they have belief. And if they have belief, then they will not consider anything else because it is all that they can see and it is what they truly, truly believe. And belief goes beyond the living. It goes into the quote-unquote death and afterlife. It is amazing. It is amazing to watch this PR stunt that is taking place in the world when it comes to Russia. It is beyond me. And how people, how Democrats can honestly say that they want to go to war with Russia and, and they should... They should put more sanctions. That's another thing. They want to put more sanctions on Russia. More. Can you believe this? The morons in the Senate decided to try and get more sanctions on Russia. And not only that, they want to say that Russia is a terrorist-supporting nation. And we'll get more involved with that notion in part two of the Cafe Americaine podcast.